1: What's up, everybody? It's Anthony Cosenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com coming at you. Finally, talking about a win as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Man, they, uh, it's been a struggle. Even this win has been a bit of a struggle, uh, was a bit of a struggle, and uh, the Bengals come out victorious. They, they end up uh, going one and two. They needed this for a variety of reasons. And they needed this because not only just to get their season on the right track and feel good about where they're heading and all of that. This division is two and one across the board. And when you fall to 0 and 3 with everybody else at two and one, you're in trouble. So the Bengals really, really really needed this one and they came to play. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't the best win. It wasn't the I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't really the the designed narrative that you wanted in this one for a variety of reasons. You kind of wanted, you know, <clears throat> Burrow to come out firing and throw for 500 on that on that bad calf and everything and it wasn't really that, you know. It wasn't uh, a, a a Brett Favre Monday Night performance on the unfortunate situation with his father passing type of thing. It wasn't a Randy Moss rookie Monday Night. It wasn't like this explosive, explosive thing. But it was kind of one of those things where you go, "Man, this was uh, this was so needed for the Bengals. This was so needed for the city of Cincinnati." And of course, it came with the Ring of Honor induction of Boomer Esiason and Chad Johnson. Really, really awesome night. It was the white-out night, a lot of white, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of spirit in the stadium. And the Bengals come out and beat the Rams. Uh, I mean, I, I wish I could say it was, hey, you know, a really explosive, awesome game. I mean, 19-16, to 19-16, to 16, that was the bottom line. The Bengals did not get in the end zone. They were reliant upon... Evan McPherson for a lot, uh, you know, for, for the most part, and they were reliant on their defense and both of those units, the special teams and the defense came to play. They came to do what they needed to do in the Bengals, you know, ended up getting, getting in the wind column and, and uh, you know, doing, doing what they needed now. And, and there is a winnable stretch. We'll talk about a lot of different things here. There is a winnable stretch here coming up. For the Bengals and some teams are tougher than they may appear. Uh, some teams are easier than they may have appeared when we looked at the schedule initially. But hey, they're uh, you know, the Bengals are now one and two, not where you drew it up necessarily at this point in time, but they are you know they're on the winning side of things, and they've got you know a stretch here where they can continue to get things right for their team. Again, I'm Anthony Casenza This is the Orange and or Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Channel, one of many great shows. This one excluded. I mean, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. One of many great shows on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Channel, whether it's this one, the coach doing coach speak, or uh, you know, doing his deal on his show, and then of course, talking football with Bengal Jim and friends, and. uh you know three and out with jason and kevin hopefully you like all of the different things that we are providing you here on this channel and uh if you like what we do on the youtube channel go ahead subscribe below my microphone (laughs) uh down by the cincy jungle icon there go ahead and click the show icon to subscribe to the channel and uh click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available we appreciate it so check it out hey and by the way if you're tuning in live or after the fact too um if you were at the game and you had some experiences uh you know with the game and you know what what, what that atmosphere was like i've got a big big case of fomo fear of missing out i was maybe thinking about coming to this game as as this went on the scheduler and then you know of course. With the Ring of Honor thing, I'm like, oh, man, I got to be there. I'm going to be there. And didn't happen. I'm a little bummed out. But if you have some cool experiences, if you met some cool people or anything like that, let us know. We'd love to hear your stories there. You can leave it in the live chats on a number of different platforms from which we are streaming live. And it is late. I mean, it's 1.30 Eastern for a lot of you. Uh, it's, it's late for me, even on the West Coast. It's 10.30 for me. But, um, hey i appreciate we still got some good good amount of uh live viewers here so we appreciate that and we'll be talking about some things let's talk about the tail of the tape i love the tail of the tape and this is we we always bring up the espn box score for this and for better or for worse i mean if you don't like this i don't know if you don't like this platform or whatever but this is, this is what I like to use because I feel like this is a nice breakdown of a lot of different things, and when a wonderful platform such as ESPN does the work for me, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow them to do it. Hey, here's Matthew Stafford's stat line, 18 of 33, 259 in terms of yards, 8.2 average, one touchdown, two interceptions, six sacks. The Bengals pass rush came alive and the Bengals pass pass rush came alive without a lot of like supplemental help. I mean, they blitzed a lot. They did. They did a lot of different things on defense, but this wasn't like, you know, one or two from Hendrickson and then Osai came in and did it. It was like the starters. It was the starters QB rating 66.4 for Matthew Stafford. It kind of felt, I think some things late and some positive plays late ended up making things a little bit better in terms of the stat column for matt stafford but Bengals were all over him all night joe burrow 26 of 49 49 passes from the guy who has the injured calf and is coming back from that okay 259 yards uh 5.3 yards it was a lot of dink and dunk i'm not gonna lie there were some shots that were taken there's a lot of dink and dunk stuff from joe burrow zero touchdowns one interceptions Uh, one interception not not a fantastic stat line for him only two sacks though the offensive line for the cincinnati Bengals through these first three games are vastly improved now granted aaron donald had some moments tonight the Bengals offensive line is doing their job for the most part through these first three games rating there under Matt Stafford. You felt like with all the completions and all, you kind of felt like Burrow was going to have the better rating, but only 59.8, that interception that was a ridiculous play, by the way, a ridiculous play by Witherspoon to come up with that interception. I don't even know how he did it. Um, Regardless he did. And this game, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Could have been a lot. By the way, did you know that DraftKings had this game at a uh, at going into kickoff, plus three Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals were nineteen to nine late in this game, and of course were driving late in, the, in, in this game when Witherspoon <laughs> had that interception. Okay, all right. Well, we're gonna move on anyway. Kyron Williams, ten carries, thirty-eight yards, and not as big of a factor as you would have thought in this game, particularly with Cam Akers being sh- shipped out earlier this week to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he kind of felt like maybe this was, this was a deal that uh, I don't know. Um You felt like this was maybe his game to, sh- to shine here. Only 3.8 yards per carry Joe Mixon. On the other hand, Dipped about a full yard per carry. But still, I felt he ran hard. I felt he was just churning up tough yardage, doing a lot of the dirty work, and of course had the 14-yard touchdown run, 19 carries, 65 yards. Travion Williams, just one carry for four yards. Not a lot in the ground game for the Bengals. It was all defense and all special teams for the Cincinnati Bengals. The one caveat to that, Tyler Boyd having some nice catches on, on third down. He did have that play where, again, Witherspoon just kind of just like <laughs> dove over his back and made this incredible interception. Jamar Chase, though, 12 catches, 100. He he called for the ball. He wanted deep shots. Now Granted, the deep shots weren't necessarily there. I'm going to play one for you in just a minute here. The deep shots weren't necessarily there, but it was 12 catches, 141, uh, 141 yards, no touchdowns but it's amazing what happens when you give him the ball 12 catches on 15 targets. It was highly accurate to him. A lot of them were short routes, but he made the plays that were needed. Tyler Boyd five for 39 Tanner Hudson, two for 30, rough, rough night for T Higgins. I think two or three drops. Um, a penalty against on an offensive pen, uh, offensive pass interference, and I love me some T Higgins. He's been on our show. Incredibly affable and productive player for the Cincinnati Bengals, but in these first three games, he got blanked on, I think, eight or nine targets in the first game against Cleveland, had a nice bounce-back game against Baltimore, But tonight, two catches, 21 yards on eight targets. And again, two or three drops, as well as an offensive pass interference penalty, negating a big play to him. Rough, rough night for Cinco. Mitchell Wilcox, uh, you know, doing a couple of different things here. Two catches, 10 yards for him. Drew Sample, one catch, seven yards. That was one that was an, an important catch that ended up being just short of the sticks. Still made a nice play. Charlie Jones had a first down on his play. One catch, six yards. Mixing only one catch for five this week. Uh, Not as active in the pass game. Puka Nakua, a guy that the Bengals needed to contain. He has become their weapon. He has become their go-to guy with Cooper Cup on IR. Uh, Manageable. And this 37-yarder that he had was at the very end of the game when it was kind of I don't want to call it true garbage time but I mean it was I mean it was it was 19 to 9 with less than two minutes to play so Puka Nakua five for 72 respectable but definitely not where he has been again a guy that's been about 12 averaging 12 catches and 100 plus yards per game in these first two games Lou Anarumo dialing it up nicely, five catches, 72 yards. Tyler Higbee, five for 71, nice weapon for him. Tutu Atwell had just a a really nice game overall, four for 50 and a touchdown. And then you look back up here in the rushing one for 22. That was the one that uh, ended up being, uh, you thought it was a a touchdown and ended up being called back because he he had stepped out of bounds. Van Jefferson, one for 46, but... Uh, he continues to struggle with some consistency there. Kyron Williams, tw- two for 27. Then you go down here. This is where the game was won, in my opinion. And this young man, number 23, Dax Hill, what a game from him. Eight total tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. Unbelievable game from the second year man. And I know the Bengals have missed some of the turnovers and some of the things in the leadership from Jesse Bates. Von Bell, I get it, but Dax Hill has come in in these first three games, and he has really provided a nice spark for the Bengals. One sack from uh, Sam Hubbard, six total tackles from him, two quarterback hits. Cam Taylor Britt in there uh, towards the top tacklers. Uh, Logan Wilson, what a game from him. Uh, two interceptions from him on on kind of some tipped and wonky balls thrown out from Matt Stafford there. Four total tackles. Wouzier in there on a couple big hits. Nick Scott, nice night from him against his old team. Hendrickson was everywhere, everywhere. Two sacks tonight, two quarterback hits. I think that was generous, to say the least. Six total sacks for the Cincinnati Bengals as opposed to two for the Los Angeles Rams. A complete flipping of the script in this game as opposed to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I'm gonna I'm gonna show this. There is one there's basically two or three areas where you could say, you know, this is where this was this game was won and lost. So when you look at this here, yards are even. I mean, the Bengals had more plays and drives are pretty even, 13 to 12. I mean, you look at all this stuff, I mean. It's really the sacks, six sacks as opposed to two. And you look at the 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 turnovers, two for the Rams, one for the Bengals. I uh, look at the look at the time of, of possession here. 24 even for the Rams, 36 for the Bengals. But here you go. If you go back up here, where is it? Third down efficiency. One of eleven for the Los Angeles Rams. One for eleven. Bengals weren't great. They were five for 17. But when you are a defense and you hold a Sean McVay team to one of 11 on third down efficiency, you are doing your job. You are absolutely doing your job. So well done by the Bengals defense. Well done by Luana Rumo. Well done by the special teams unit. Hey, Evan McPherson came in and hit three field goals. Um, one of the, the miss was 56 yards and the, the others were, you know, 40, basically 49 to 53, 54 yards. So you got it. You got to like what's going on there. Um, I There there are a lot of different things to, to point out here.
0: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com/slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna say that I don't I don't know if you want to call this the play of the game, but I guess with the Bengals offense struggling the way that it has, and I guess with <laughs> the lack of points scored by the offense, the lack of I'm going to say this was one of my favorite plays, if not the play of the game. It was a well-designed play. It was kind of a fake pitch-out bootleg, and Joe Burrow hits Jamar Chase here for a big, big gainer here. Look at this. Boom, right down the sideline there, and he, if he breaks that tackle, he is gone. A nice, nice play from the Bengals there. That was one of one of my favorite plays of the game, of course. Joe Mixon's touchdown run was was a thing of beauty. He has been running like a man possessed. I am am very, very excited for what is ahead for him. Hopefully he can kind of sustain that success. And again, ironically, I feel like this was like a really good, you know, you you felt great about Joe Mixon and what he was putting on tape tonight, but yet yards per carry average and everything um it was one of the lowest it was the lowest this year but again the Bengals defense and the special teams are carrying this team at this point maybe a bit to be expected because of where Joe Burrow is in terms of the calf injury and everything like that so you may feel like hey you know this is a little bit to be expected I don't know how many people expected Joe Burrow to play tonight. I don't know how many people expected a Bengals win tonight, despite his playing status. Um, I kind of, I, I felt early on that if this was just a pain management situation that he was going to play. And then I felt that if he was going to play, I, I, I felt pretty good about this game. Um, you know, I kind of not necessarily because it's an indictment of the Rams or anything. I kind of felt like this team was going to rally around Joe Burrow and rally around his willingness to play and play through this situation, and and you kind of saw a lot of that tonight. Wasn't a great game by Joe Burrow. Wasn't a perfect game by Joe Burrow. It was a, a sustainable. It was a consistent game from Joe Burrow. It was a very weird night, though. Because when you look at the offense, you saw a lot of rhythm. And granted, it was maybe three-yard passes, seven-yard pass. I mean, you know, a lot of crossers, a lot of quick, quick balls. You know, you did see the nice play there that I showed you from Chase or two Chase. I just, I, I just felt like you know, there was a little more in the tank, and there was a little more capability that the Bengals could have done on offense, but, uh, you know, y- you got to kind of be methodical in this thing. You got to kind of be, uh, take baby steps. You got to, y- y- you got to kind of understand what's, what's happening. And you have to understand Burrow's injury and you have to, at some point say, Hey, this great defense, our great defensive coordinator is going to write the ship. They are going to do what is necessary to win the game and we just have to do enough. And, but but oddly enough when you felt like there was a lot of rhythm particularly early you felt like there was a lot of rhythm on the offense a lot of quick hits a lot of completions and a lot you felt also there was three false starts by the offensive line and granted the offensive line played pretty well throughout this game in terms of pressures and and all kinds of different things three false starts by this offensive line in this game. And then, so there's this weird dichotomy of like, you know, they've hit, they've, they've got a rhythm going. They've hit a lot of different passes. They've done a lot of different things. And then they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot a bit by these dumb penalties. And then, you know, you had some drops by T Higgins. You had some opportune, situations where you felt like man we could really take a good stranglehold on this game and they didn't but they did enough the run game did enough jamar chase was a star tonight and that's what they needed they needed jamar chase to be a star and they needed the they needed the defense to step up in a big way they needed the special teams to step up in a big way and they did and they did so they did just enough. Now the question is okay so what is this going to be the formula going forward? Is this going to be what they are going to do for the next, you know, the next handful of weeks, or is this something just for this week because of the weird nature of Joe Burrow's injury that, the, you know, how's he going to respond? Is he going to feel okay? And you know, how far can we push it? All of that. Um, I think it's going to be a slow ramp up and uh, you know, Thankfully, it it seems if you if you see an article, there's an article in Cincy Jungle that talks about where Joe Burrow didn't really seem to have a setback this week, as opposed to late last week. So that is good news, and the Bengals are going to, uh, you know, have to have to get things together because, like I said, it's it's two and one across the board, except for the Bengals who are at uh, now one and two. In 0-2 in the division, so they have to figure some things out. That is for sure. The next stretch. You have the Tennessee Titans, who just got absolutely throttled, absolutely throttled by the Cleveland Browns. Um, this one is in Tennessee. Tennessee's a hard team to figure out, you know. I, I feel like they're well coached, I feel like they've got, you know, they can rise to the occasion in a lot of ways, but. I also feel like maybe that you know their their window that they had for the past couple of years is closed. So that's you know that's what you got there and then of course uh after that you have the Cardinals then you have the Seahawks and then you have your bye. So the Bengals right now with this win granted not all of them none of them are divisional games and not all of them are conference games you feel like there is a potential for momentum coming here and it's possible but they need to <laughs> they need to start sustaining drives they need to start turning field goal drives into touchdown drives they need to again continue this is This is what I thought was a big key for tonight as well. I I think one of the reasons that the Bengals defense played much, much better tonight is because there was a semblance of rhythm and sustained drives. Even if they didn't result in points, um, there was a semblance of sustained drives by the Bengals offense that really helped the Bengals defense. They weren't rushed back out there all the time on three and outs. They were, they had, I mean, they had a little help this week. And when the Bengals were either punting or what, I mean, it, there were drives that, you know, they were taking up time and they were, you know, kind of using a lot of different plays. And so that, that helped the Bengals defense in the past two weeks, they were just running that defense out on so many three and outs. It, it hurt them. And that that's a big big difference this week. Now I I feel like we're as we've done the past couple of off seasons with the Bengals, it's about baby steps. So now the baby steps are okay. Now you've kind of maybe taken that step where you go, okay, we're not we're we're putting together seven play drives, whether it's points or not. Now we got to. <laughs> We got to start executing further, and we got to make these, you know, eight to 10 play drives that end up in a field goal, a touchdown, something else where, where you really start to become kind of that offense that a lot of people know that you are. And that identity is ingrained in, you know, in, in this organization. So, We will see if the Bengals are able to do that. We will see. I I, I am encouraged in a lot of ways. I am encouraged because there have been a lot of building blocks the last couple of weeks. The last two quarters of last week, I feel like, again, despite the interception and everything, I feel like there were some nice things that the you felt that rhythm. You felt that rhythm generating. And you saw that carry over from the very first drive today. You saw that rhythm carrying over, carrying over, carrying over. So now you have to uh, rhythm's great, but now you got to start converting that more frequently into points, whether it's three points, a touchdown, that sort of thing. And I feel like the Bengals may be able to do that. But regardless, the Bengals now are one and two. They are on two in the division, but they're one and two overall. The rest of that division is two and one. They have a little catch up to play here, but they have a nice stretch that uh, sets up pretty well for them in terms of potentially getting some wins. I don't want to call them weak teams, but against teams that are favorable, especially when you are regrouping, especially when you are trying to find more rhythm, find other Ways to get points and and create wins for yourselves, and so I, I think that this next stretch sets up well for the Bengals. We will see, but I I think you know if you are able again, if you're going to Tennessee, you're going to Arizona, uh, you have Seattle at home, and then you have the bye. If you're able to have, you know, if you're able to win the next three here, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. If you're if you're three, you know for 500 or whatever at this point too, you're feeling pretty good, but you need to start making that push. You need to start making that push because these sluggish starts to seasons are really, really hurting. you, Really, really hurting. you. So, um, Bengals though. Yeah. Tony Rose. Good, good point here. I know a lot of people are saying this, Hey, run the ball more, run the ball more. I, I, I feel like it was a little bit, especially as the game wore on today, I feel like it was a little bit more banging your head against the wall running the ball uh, this week as opposed to the other weeks where, you know, the the other teams were daring the Bengals to pass and, you know, allowing some of the chunk run plays to be there. It just, (laughs) it's really weird. It felt like the Rams defense. I mean, they were saying, yeah, they're playing zone most of the time. And you can kind of see that. I'd have to go back and look at the tape to see exactly what they're doing. But it just felt like every time the Bengals snapped the ball, the Rams were just kind of like, I don't want to say frozen, but they were just kind of sitting there and they'd be like, okay, what are you doing? And they, um, which is kind of a zone concept, I guess. And it's not really a a well analyzed thing that I'm talking about, but it just felt like they were just kind of sitting there. All right. Everybody just sit there, you know, where they had multiple layers to their defense. Everybody just sit there, see what happens, see what they give you, and then make a play. And so the Bengals, in return, instead of facing a crazy pass rush for most of the game or anything like that, it was a lot of three-yard drags, a lot of quick outs, a lot of different plays where it's like, hey, let's just take these quick passes for yards and go with it. And, you know, you heard the announcers talk about it. Louis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky talk about there's this war of attrition between Raheem Morris, the the Rams defensive coordinator, and the Bengals offense, which is like, all right, (laughs) who's going to blink first? Who's going to make the more mistakes and all this kind of stuff? And, I mean, ultimately, what cost the Rams this game was their offense and, and their inability to block Trey Hendrickson, their inability to overcome or avoid turnovers on the offensive side of the ball because that's that's really what won the game for the Bengals. So um uh, my my guy Pork Chop. I should I should have worn your should have worn your hat. I was trying to go a little white out here tonight. Uh what the heck was going on? I, I assume that means T. Higgins. Um I don't I you know that was an uncharacter you heard. Well, you might have been at the game, my friend, but you heard Lewis Riddick go, "Man, this is uncharacteristic of T. Higgins. Uncharacteristic of T. Higgins." And it was again two or three drops, an OPI. I don't know. This is this. I I don't want to. I don't want to go into this whole deal about contracts and everything. But this is kind of what what comes of. Certain things when you have these contract negotiations and they bleed into seasons and they don't go your way. Granted, Jesse Bates last year was able to kind of brush all that aside. Joe Burrow has been able to brush all that aside. Uh, of course, he got his deal. But <laughs> when you have games like this, performances like this, these are the conversations that end up coming up. You know, it, w- were the contract negotiations in the head? and but. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And again, I, I love T Higgins uh, love everything his he's about love his performances in so many big games. I, maybe there's just, I, I think there is a, or has been a bit of a push for urgency. And with that comes some forcing of some, Plays, or you know, hey, you know, I got to make this play, I got to make this play, and it just doesn't work out. Rough game for him, rough game, rough game for him for sure. Um, I mean, I I tend to think that things are going to start turning around there because this is just not characteristic of the T. Higgins that we have come to know. And I think he's going to be okay. He's going to write the ship. And I think much like the rest of the Bengals offense, I think, you know, there's just, it's weird. I, I Again, I tweeted this out. I feel like there's a really big sense over the last six quarters, the last two quarters of the, of the Ravens game and the last four of this entire game of a semblance of rhythm and a semblance of, hey, the Bengals offense, their passing offense has started to, you know, gain some momentum, but there's also a lot of hiccups. There's a lot of penalties. There are some drops. There are some, uh, you know, WTF moments for the laugh, for the lack of better words. I mean, it's just, there's some stuff where you just go, man, what what's happening here? So I, th- I still think it is a work in progress. It is much, there are a lot more similarities in a lot of ways to last year than a lot of us would like to admit. And I think there are just, you just need to start going. Tony again says, says here. uh, I think T is just thinking too much and trying too hard to show everybody how good he is. Maybe again, contract year type of thing. Maybe that's part of it. I just, again, it's just, this is a notoriously slow starting team for better or for worse. And, and you wonder why when you have an offensive minded coach and you have Joe Burrow under center and you have these wide receivers and you have you go, man, how is this possible? Oh, it just that's just how they operate. And and with each again, I don't want to go back and, uh, you know, what's your preseason plan and all the the weird stuff that's happened to Joe Burrow. All of that stuff is part of it. And, and it bleeds into the regular season, whether we want to admit to or not. But regardless, I don't want to end on a, on a negative note. The Bengals get their first win of the season. They are one and two, a much, much needed win. I don't know how we would all be feeling at 0-3 regardless. Not even a conversation point right now. The Bengals have the Tennessee Titans. They have the Arizona Cardinals. And they have the Seattle Seahawks all pretty winnable games coming up here before they're by, and then they've got a, you know, kind of a tough stretch coming up here. um, uh, Coming, coming forward. Uh, So the Bengals could write the ship pretty quickly. Uh, Bengals. uh, We'll just, we'll just, (laughs) I don't know if it's Bengals foo or if we have to individualize each of those last two letters, but we'll just say Bengals foo. Um, is the only offensive line truly playing good or is their play being masked by a lot of quick passing? Can I say both? Cause I think it's both. Um, I, I feel that the offensive line is playing better, but there are a couple of weak weak links on this offensive line. I thought Jonah Williams played better tonight. I think he did have one of those false start penalties, which was when you have an, I mean, when you have a false start penalty, as an offensive lineman on your home field I kind of feel like that's an egregious thing um but he wasn't the only one Orlando Brown who has been their best offensive lineman I believe he had one as well so overall I think this is an improved line but yes I think the quick passing has helped things immensely but the, that's what they did last year to help remedy some of the things they had to go to quick passing to remedy a lot of the issues that were plaguing them at the beginning of the year. They also went to shotgun and they did RPO stuff and all kinds of different things to, to remedy that. But I think it's both. I think it's both. I think, I think it's fair to say that the offensive line is improved. I don't think it's a perfect unit. I don't think it's a near perfect unit. I think it's an above average performing unit right now across the board. And I I mean, when you have Joe Burrow, particularly a fully healthy one, I think that's all you can kind of, I don't want to say that's all you can ask for, but I think, I think it's a fair, That's a, it's a fair shake there. Um, there are just some situations where they are not, they are not catching passes. They are not getting open. And then there's the occasional lapse or penalty by the offensive line. But when you look at, you know, I, I just feel like the offensive line isn't the big Achilles heel that it, it, it has been. Now, there have been moments where, you, like again, tonight, you go, oh, man, interior pressure, Aaron Donald. Donald. Oh, gosh. I mean, y- you felt it, but I, I don't feel like this is a monumental issue that it has been really since Joe Burrow has been in Cincinnati. I feel like it's more of a rhythm. I feel like it's more of just – Executing, concentration, the little things, and figuring figuring it out. Really, I mean that's it's really kind of what it, what it comes down to. And t- so tonight, as the Bengals' offense hit a little bit more rhythm, you saw and, and the defense was left off the field a, a bit more. You saw more tenacity from that defense because they just weren't rushed onto the field at three and out after three and out. So, uh, yeah, Cornell, that defense was on point tonight, yeah. Um, Yeah, and then Darren Darren Hughes right here, yeah. I mean, sacks aren't the end-all, be-all stats. We know that for offensive linemen, but, I mean, it's a big deal, right? 15 sacks last year through three games, five this year. That's a big – when you're cutting down your quarterback sacks by a third, and part of that is the quick-hitting passing game as well. But part of it is also more effectiveness in the pass protection game. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I feel like, you know, you're, you're heading in the right direction. I just hope that this isn't a wallowing in 500 through much of the middle of the year until things get right. I hope the Bengals now kind of use these last two, as it was last year, right? Remember, it was like, man, this... New Orleans game that should have been kind of a cakewalk was like, Oh man. I mean, it was like, uh, they, they were so peaks and valleys. So up and down the last couple, you know, in, in the middle weeks. And so now you kind of hope, well, those, those ups and downs were proven to be the last couple of weeks, including this, this one, you see, they're close. I, I, when you see Jamar Chase get, you know, 12 catches for 140 yards, 140 plus, you know, they're close. You know, they're close. Um, It's, it's a matter of consistency and quite honestly, again, and 56 yard field goals are not gimmies, but let's just say you hit that and let's just say Witherspoon doesn't make one of the best defensive back plays on an interception I have seen in probably the last 10 to 15 years. That was an unbelievable play to make that interception. And then let's also say Joe Burrow doesn't throw that interception last week. Are we talking about a team who is now two in one and Burrow has a lot more palatable stats than what we're seeing right now but again on the other side shoulda woulda coulda and you, stats are stats you can't take them away there have just been some things where you just go wow okay well didn't go your way but at any rate yeah uh he came i don't i don't know if this is uh the former hall of fame basketball player uh but yeah Burrow can get healthy we should thrive i it, what's great too is yeah i mean there were some you saw some stuff where he was kind of ginger walking around but like i said there's an article in since jungle that said that he didn't appear to re-aggravate it at least not to the same degree that he did against the baltimore ravens the week prior so that's good news that's good news uh hey everybody it is 2 a.m eastern not as late for me as it is for you but 2 a.m eastern we're gonna get on out of here the Bengals are one and two. Not where you wanted to be overall, but this was a must-win game. And here's the good news, all right? The Bengals played like this was a must-win game. It's not like they came out. Now, granted, there was some execution. There were some lapses in concentration, all kinds of different things. There were some different things where you go, oh, man, you know, this could have been a lot different score-wise in it and in favor of the Bengals. But regardless, you saw the intensity, you saw, especially on defense, this this was a team overall who came to play. Despite their quarterback being injured and all kinds of different narratives, this was a team who came to play. And this was a primetime game. This was a game that the Bengals had to win. I believe now, Zach Taylor, including the playoffs in primetime games is 9 and 6 i'll have to double check my math there um which is a lot more it's not great but it's pretty good and it is a lot more uh is a lot more acceptable than his predecessor who actually was on the field tonight and did a lot of great things for the Bengals Marvin Lewis um his record in primetime so i don't i don't I would not buy if someone were to tell me that the Bengals did not come to play tonight, I would not buy that argument. I, I feel like they came to play and things just weren't clicking as well as they had wanted them to. I thought the effort was there. I thought the intensity was there and kudos to you all who are in the crowd because I, I, I feel like there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of enthusiasm as well. And the team fed off of that. So I feel like you know the, this team this team's close to turning fully turning the corner to making it to the expectations that we all held for them this year. So at any rate, again, if you are new here, appreciate you checking out the show, appreciate you checking out the videos and all kinds of different stuff. I am uh, in It's kind of a man cave, you know? I don't know. Uh, It's kind of a a studio cave. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I am happy to be talking to you about a Bengals win because we needed this one. The Bengals Nation needed this one, and the Bengals themselves needed this one to get to just one and two still. Being scrappy. Being scrappy in a lot of different respects. So uh, I do – hey, yeah, Darren Hughes, I do have a pinball machine. Can you see that? I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, I, I and I turned off the light for you. You can kind of see it back behind that lit counter. There you go. I can see that. I, I, I lit it up for you back there. It's a Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a mini pinball. It's not a true pinball machine, but it's a mini pinball machine. Uh, Santa brought that for my for my kids, and uh, so there. I am. I am. I am shadowing myself so you can see some of the things in the background here on the video. And by the way, if you are new here, you can check out on the bottom side there by the Cincy jungle icon. You can click the show icon to go uh, to, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. And uh, I'm, I've, I've gone, I, I, I strategically turned off a light here. So you can kind of see some of the stuff in the back. You get a little bit of the shadowy thing here, but now you don't see me. I don't know. Maybe that's a better thing. But if you like the audio side of things, again, uh, Coach Speak Chalk Talk from Coach Matt Minnick, uh, Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, or this show, Three and Out from Jason and Kevin. Check it out. We appreciate it. I'm going to get on out of here. I'm Anthony Kozenza. It is late. I appreciate all of you checking us out. D- you guys are hanging out with us after 2 a.m. Eastern. That's unbelievable. Appreciate Appreciate you. Uh, Hey, Bengals are one and two. I'm shadowing out here. (laughs) You can see. So I'm going to get on out of here. But uh, things are looking up. The Bengals are going to do their thing. And we will be back with multiple, multiple shows this week. The Aftermath with John, Sharon, and myself. Of course, we've got our main show on Thursday night. We're going to do listener questions live and all kinds of different stuff. Uh, and I will not be a silhouette next time you see me. I promise, promise, promise. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bengals win. Let's be happy about it. See you soon.